Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Hey, what's going on, travelers? It's Ricky Ventures and Marlon Madden. We're back with you for another episode of the Success Journey Show. I know you guys are looking at me and be like, man, Ricky trying to catch up to Marlon, man with the hair. <laughs> <laughs> also, man, I'm a, I'm a shout it out, man. I'm also slimming down too, man. I'm yeah, down. man. I saw him the other day. I was like, oh, Ricky, Ricky, yeah, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky's on his grizzle, on his grind, man. I man, like I'm it. Focus. I'm locked in. Your health is your wealth. Oh, exactly. Right? I was broke. I was broke as a joke. So I need. To- <laughs> <laughs> I needed some wealth. So I had to shed some pounds. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey man, I'm, that's a good spot to even talk about some people. Listen, um, you're gonna make all the excuses. My family's big boned. Um, I retain water. Um, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever you wanna. You know, I just, I just can't move right now. My, my leg. There's all different ways in order to um, obtain the goal of losing weight. We want you to do it healthy, but at the same time, there's always a, a, a way to do it. So stop making the excuse. Stop waiting for next year. <laughs> stop waiting for January 2024. You want to start tomorrow or as soon as you listen to this, finish the episode. We want you to finish the episode, but then you go down and give us some crunches. All right. Or while you're work or while you're listening, go work out. Something like that. But we want to promote um healthy living and healthy lifestyle over here on the success journey. Show. Yeah, man. It's um it's it's so true, man. You know, and one thing I did, I did not what's going on here. I did not. I stopped counting the days. I stopped counting the weeks. I just started counting last week of how much longer I'm going to be doing it. That was it. That was like, you know what? I'm going to do this for another 30 days or 20 something days, whatever it was. And then I'm done. But prior to that, it was like, you know, I'm just getting, I, I, I knew that it was a number in my head that I want to get down to. And I just say, I just got to keep pushing until I get there. I can't quit. And I'm I'm nowhere near quitting right now, and I I, I still I still have a, a good ways to go still, but still is one of those things of like man I I just I'm just I just got fed up and got fed up and carrying all this weight for all these years and it's not healthy man so definitely excited about you know just the the progress but got a long long ways to go that's what I keep saying to myself Rick you're not done yet man you got a long ways to go so yeah guys. Um, yeah, anyone, anyone that's out there that's, that's looking to drop, I'm I'm not the expert in losing weight. I'm not going to sit there and say, I'm starting a podcast on weight loss. <laughs> Ricky going on his own losing weight. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, this is not it. It's not the move. Losing but, weight podcast. Yeah. The right. way to cut it. Yeah. The way you cut it. Oh man. You, you need to seen. cut it. Yeah. You know, you got to use this drink, this drink. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah, guys, just definitely. There's no better time. I started on a random day. Yeah, it was yo, let's just do it. Let's just do it. So, yeah, I encourage all. Every, we can all do it, man. I encourage everyone to do it, man, if you can. So, yeah, no, we 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 are excited because we're we're getting ready to launch this this um, you know, these newer shows here for everybody. Yep, um, excited to be here. We're excited to um. Just, 
get back in the studio. Um, That's all. And just get these stories out to you. We have a lot of things going on. Uh, we have the hit doctor that is uh, growing, growing. Uh, we need to we need to do an episode with um with Tom. Yeah, he's ready, man. Tom is ready. He's ready. He's ready. You oh, sure? He's, he's gonna like, stay on topic. Oh, Tom, if you're listening to this, you gotta stay on topic when he talk to us, though. You know, Tom ain't listening to this, man. Tom, he ain't. He doesn't support us on this. No, I'm joking. Tom don't support us. <laughs> he just support us in the other endeavor. Yeah, yeah. Just, we have a lot of stuff going on, Rick, behind the scene. The the, the thing about it, we we, you know, Rick and I was talking about today, and I, you know, one thing, we they always say find a mentor, find somebody that can. Man, finding a mentor is hard because you have a lot of people that just don't want to, either they say they want to be a mentor, but they don't want to give you their time or they're a mentor, but they don't care to give you any kind of resources. There's a lot of different things that will hinder, especially a person like me from looking at you as my mentor. You can't just call me and say, hey man, I love what you're doing. Keep on pushing. That's not, (laughs) that's a cheerleader. Yeah, 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 <laughs> not yeah. a mentor, and 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 you, and you want you you want that man. You want someone to be able to be, you know, there with you as you're walking through the journey and all these different things. And um, and 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 I'm not gonna sit here and say that I've hadn't had people feed in uh, to me um, at different stages of life, uh, but it, it it definitely has been one of those things where this this is a lonely road, man, and and you got to find. Yeah, people that are willing to go on the journey, right? Um, and you cannot assume that just because you're doing it, that everyone's going to be cheering for you. One, uh, and then two, that everyone's just going to be willy-nilly just wanting to give you all the advice and things that you need. Correct. Um, a lot of it, you got to take ownership on a, of a lot of this this um this road that you're on, and sometimes it gets so lonely when you sometimes you feel like man, am I? Are we? Am I doing the right thing here? You know, <laughs> sometimes you just don't know, right? He's like, yeah, oh, you man. just don't know. Like, sometimes oh. you just have to make that educated guess. Yep. I'm telling you, it's a, it's, a, it's a, a lot of people don't talk about it. That well, you know, we're gonna probably, you know, Rick and I have to do a show, and I'm gonna put it on here just so you hold up accountable, where, um, we have someone interview us and and do a deep dive access some of the real questions that we can actually stay on, not stay on topic, but actually pinpoint exactly what we're talking about and actually present it in a way as we're the guests versus we're just talking right now. And then we're looking forward to get our guest on. Right. Um, but that we're the guests and we're actually being asked the questions of Ricky, what was that transition? How, 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 how are you planning to make the transition? What, what spurred the, you know what I'm saying? Somebody that knows us, somebody that can access those questions, because I've, I've had a lot of people ask us when, it, um, we need to know more about you and Ricky's life and what made you guys make this decision. How do two people from two different worlds come together, work, work, how do you guys work together? What do you guys use? All the different questions. We gotta, we gotta do a show like that. Um, this show is about to get crazy too. Um, we have something coming up, man. Rick, once um, this show is gonna we 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 wanna gain some more audience and we see some other openings. Not just the audience. Let's not say the audience. 
we see a, 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 a something that is needed in the in the air, and we're gonna present it and try try to capture stories and present it so you guys can understand what's going on in the world. And um, I think it's gonna be very educational, enlightening, captivating, and at the same time, you're gonna be saying, "Man." How did these guys think about this stuff? So um, definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, absolutely. And with that, guys, man, we're going to jump into this episode this week, man. We have a phenomenal guest that's here with us today. Um, you guys are going to to love it. Uh, take out your pens and paper. It's glowing. A lot of information uh, from her uh, today. And, man, we're going to take a quick pause. We're going to... Uh, watch one of our hit doctor commercials here uh as they are, are the sponsor for this episode uh, so you guys check it out and we will see you guys um on the next on the, on the other side see you on the yep other side. drink water and your skin can glow there you go <laughs> <laughs> travelers all right we have come to our greatest segment of this show and that's where we talk to a guest uh that has come and just graced us with their presence uh with their story just sharing the behind the scenes journey of their road to success and we have none other than giselle jones giselle thank you so much for joining us how are you today i am well it's so wonderful to be with both of you thank you ricky and marlon for having me here Oh, definitely. Oh, thank you. Definitely. Thank you. Our it, pleasure. It's our pleasure to have you on. Uh, so why don't you start off by just sharing um, just a little bit about yourself. Let's share with our, our, we call them travelers because we're traveling with them on their journeys in life. Oh. Um, can you share with our sh travelers just a little bit about who is Giselle? Yeah. So first, I will always say tried and true. Um, I am a Caribbean woman. I'm so I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago, red, white, and black all day. Won't uh, hold it against you. We oh no, <laughs> I have the red hair representing. I have the red hair representing. So originally an island girl. Um, and proud to say, married now this year, it would be 22 years of marriage yeah. to the same husband. Awesome. No. And he is a wonderful um, source of my, of why I feel as though I have gained the success in my career um, and in my life. And I have two boys, two wonderful boys, 14 and 12. So I like to share that personally. But the part of really who I am is a grower and a learner, right? right. So I really try to come with the perspective um, that Nelson Mandela, I love his quote where he says, I never win. I either, I, I never lose. I either win or I learn. Mm. And so I come from the perspective that I just want to be curious about my life. Um, I've been an HR executive and now transitioned last year to being an entrepreneur full time, y'all. I took the leap to do this full time. Okay. Not a side hustle. Okay. So yeah. I have taken the leap now to be um, leading my own HR consulting and coaching practice. 
Mm. And uh, just a wonderful thing about where I am, I live in um, the DMV area, and I genuinely am, I will always say I'm excited to be a follower of Christ. So that is just a little bit uh, authentically of who I am. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing that. There's so much we're going to dive into uh, today. Marlon, you can say something. I, I didn't want to cut you off. I saw you. No, me. no, no. I, I was going to I was going to tell you something, man. When I first moved to VA and somebody said I live in the DMV area, I said, what Department of Motor Vehicle area is that person trying to tell me about because I don't know why everybody keep on telling me about this DMV uh, yeah, and yeah. I don't know. So, Hey, for everybody that don't know what the DMV area is, it's, um, you know, the DC, Maryland, Virginia area. A lot yeah. of people, when, when, when I got here, I knew I was confused. I <laughs> pretended like I knew I was like, yeah, I live in a DMV area. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. Yes. DMV, DC, Maryland, and Virginia. Yeah. Yes. yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know. We get used to even I say it now. I'm just like, yeah, I live in the DMV, and they're like, people are like, what, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> are you there that often? Are you there like, that often? Right. DMV. Oh, oh man. I love it. So, um, beautiful family. Uh, yes. Marriage celebrating twenty plus twenty years of marriage. Um, and you talked about just your career. So I'm going to give a little um, behind the scenes for all of our guests here. So I remember when I moved to the DMV area, as confused as everyone else, uh, or as Marlon, I should say, there, you know, when you start aligning yourself with different people and seeing different people in their growth and what they're doing and, and their progression, uh, I remember um, connecting on LinkedIn years ago. And I don't think I ever told you this, Giselle. Um, years ago, and just finding all the different colleagues that I knew and LinkedIn was really just getting big and all those different things. So you're trying to connect with many people, people from church, uh, friends, relatives, all those different things. And I remember seeing your profile and I was like, wow, she's doing her thing. Like she's, I forget the position you were at, at the time. Um, but then I started always like seeing your, your progress uh, along the way. And I was like, wow, she's really doing her thing in, her, in, this, in this space of HR human resources. And I always just looked at it like another positive person out there executing, climbing that corporate ladder. Um, and we'll get to this part. So when you went and said, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm branching out on my own. I was like, Oh, wow. Like, yes. Oh, wow. I remember her climbing the corporate ladder. And then she's like, Oh, I'm going on my own, own consultant work. And I was like, wow, that is phenomenal. Um, very congratulate you on being in that full-time uh, role and position. Thank as a you. Entrepreneur. And at, let, let, let's ravel back into your journey as we pick it apart a little bit and just share the story with our travelers. Uh, as HR, like, yeah. is a, that's a niche, that is a space that not, not everyone could, uh, I, I would say everyone relates to it because it's about you if you're in the corporate world, but not everyone can find themselves occupying that position every single day, right? Just because yeah. of the, just the, the level of attention and the people and the things of that nature that comes with it. Share with us, like, where did your passion for that specific space really start to derive? Where did you, where did you know that that's the place mm -hmm. you should be? Okay, I wanted to be. I'm, so I'm one of those fortunate people that I say that I'm not only 
on doing what I feel I should do. I'm doing what I'm called to do. So I'll just say, let me start off. So I remember I went to school, got my bachelor's degree in psychology. I thought I would get my doctorate in IO psych, actually, because I was always interested in psychology and work. And then I found out, wait, I have to do a dissertation and y'all want more years and more money. No, no, sir. No, ma'am. I'm not signing up for that. And so I did my MBA. Um, and concentrated in organizational behavior and organizational development from GW. But here's what I did. I literally decided, where, what field do I want to really get into? Do I want to go on the consulting side? Because the consulting was always the dream. And then I thought about, what else do I want to do at work? And so I knocked on doors, literally, at GW to say, if I could work for you for free in your HR department. Because I was like, I need to really see, do I, or can I really do, this is the work that I'm signed up for. And I remember the person, she dumped me into the, she's like, wait, did you say you are gonna help me for free? And so I said, yes. And so she was like, okay, well, I have orientation to go to when people come up, um, figure out how to answer the questions. Wait, wow, 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 wow. you're leaving me by myself? So. That is how I became intrigued. And what I remember, I feel as though one of my spiritual gifting is truly meeting people where they are. Mm. I can speak at the highest level in the boardrooms to the employee level, and I meet them where they are. And I feel as though our field in HR, hard to say, I'm going to be critical of us is a lot of the times we are not doing the human part of the work. And so I really came into this field, not because, oh my goodness, I like people, because sometimes you are the principal's office. Sometimes you're telling people bad news. You're shutting down a plant. You're shutting down a location. It takes the, the weight of this is heavy. And so it's not for everyone, right? So it isn't just, oh my goodness, I'm doing some employee engagement. You are having hard conversations and you're telling people and you could be telling a thousand people in one day they have lost their income. Mm. So I know that for me, it was, how do I meet them where they are? What can I provide? What can I do? So when I have had those hard layoff conversations, I've partnered with other organizations. I've set up my own sort of internal job fears to get people jobs when they walk away. So I feel as though the compassion, the empathy piece of HR is getting watered down and lost. So that is why I came into this field. I came into this field because I'm passionate about people, but most important, I'm passionate about meeting people where they are because I come from an immigrant family. And I know what it's like to have an accent and people don't want to explain things to you mm-hmm. just because you have an accent, just because you look like something differently. And I wanted to make sure that when I come into this field and those who report under me, that we understand the job is humanity. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting you brought that that part up to that stigma of, oh, I don't even think it's a stigma, it's almost even almost a fact. like. Every time someone talks to, I would say every time, I'm going to do the absolutes here. 
most of the time that everyone, someone goes to HR is for a negative reason. Yes. Right? Like it's a problem. The problem with my benefits is a problem with the person in my office is a problem yes. with whatever my job problem with my supervisors problem, problem. Yes. Problem. yes. Um, and you're just being hit with problems, problems every single day. Uh, how, how did you try to change or I guess set up an environment or a culture, you know, in the organizations you worked with as you being a person to where, you know, it's, you're not just seeing them as problems coming in every single yeah. day, but you're seeing them as, as like you said before, as people that have issues that they need to like kind of talk through. Yeah. So one of the things that was critical for me when I joined and lead teams, because I'll be honest with you, Ricky and Marlon, a lot of the times when I got called to join an organization, they wanted me to transform the HR department. They were like, it's not working. So I always say I'm kind of a little bit, I don't even want to say it, but a little bit like Olivia Pope of Scandal, right? So I'm not usually, I have not been fortunate to call in where everything is working. Um, everyone is excited. The culture is going great. No, I'm called in when Bro. stuff is not working. Problem after problem. The first thing I do, there are three things that I do when it comes to that. One is looking at your leadership team. Because a lot of the times people complain, oh, the employees aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And there's maybe some truth to that in terms of sometimes coming to HR. But I always say the team reflects the values of the leader, mm. point blank, period. Right. So if I'm seeing something broken within that team, I am concerned about the leader that is leading. Mm. Uh, and the second piece that I think is um, is critical when you're kind of dealing with problem after problem, my clarity rhythm is on point. My, so I say for people, your clarity rhythm could be um, spiritual time. It could be walking in nature, you know, reading the Bible. It could be whatever that looks like for right. you. But it is spending some set aside time to get clear. Because the fact is when you're going into HR, you are not just doing right. I said a lot of the work is sometimes dealing with those problems one after the other. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last thing that I do when it comes to truly transforming how we do the work in HR, which is you cannot just be telling me about HR and what you know in the knowledge. You need to know the business. So mm. if I'm in healthcare and there are, I remember in one healthcare organization, they had to go into different parts of um, D.C. in the Southeast D.C., the social workers. I went along with them. I volunteered in the organizations wow. that I worked in because when you walk alongside with people and understand the work, mm -hmm. then you can really strategize with them to say what can be better and what can be improved. Yeah. And a lot of the times in HR, we're doing it behind a desk. But do you know what that teacher's experience is in the classroom? Like mm -hmm. you're doing it behind the desk. But do you know what that consultant or IT person or that nurse is having to deal with? Do you go in on a on a Saturday to just experience what they are going through, what night shift life looks like differently from day shift night? Yeah. And I walked alongside and required the same thing of my HR um, leaders and business. 
is you've got to know the business yourself. How are you giving recommendations and you haven't walked in the life of these employees? Mm. I can't listen to anything that you have to say, right? Yeah. So those are the three things that I always brought when it comes to thinking through the problem after problem. You've got to know the business. You've got to have your clarity rhythm down packed so you have clear discernment. that you really know how to deal with all of the issues you're dealing with? Yeah. And do you have the right leaders? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's, that's huge, especially when you're going into an organization and you have to, you know, uh, uh, bring upon change. So you have this change yes. management that you're dealing with. Um, you have a team, an existing team. If that existing team is is equipped, right? <laughs> you know, uh, if you have to make changes on, on that front uh, in order to meet and uh, rectify the culture that is needed, um, like where where did you get just that that confidence? Because you walk yeah. into an environment and you can't bring change if you don't feel that confidence that okay, I can. I can do this, right? This is, yeah. I, I, I got this, right? And some, 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 some level of like pride and courage in what you have experienced in the past. And it's all right, well, let me just uh, apply this here and make it work. Yeah. Like, where did you de- develop that confidence along the way to do that? You know, I will say, so Ricky and Marlon, no one believes me, but I'm a natural introvert. Mm-hmm. I do not like, if my life can exist in a bubble, <laughs> in my house with a book and with my family, right? So I will say this, one is my mom, Annette Jones, is a powerhouse of a woman. And I really, she she was in management positions and training. So I feel a lot of it. I witnessed how she led and even my father was in leadership roles too, but especially her being, Um, the same sex, I really watched how she moved. And I will tell you, even if there were nerves, I never knew it. Um, In terms of when she handled a team meeting, in terms of when she was giving us advice when we were leading up to our career. So I will say that my mother was a big influencer in terms of the confidence, in terms of the messaging, right? In terms of how I'm able to really get across or convince or persuade others. Mm -hmm. And the second way I feel so strongly about um, when it comes to confidence, and I teach um, all the time the three C's, clarity, we talked about that, building your clarity rhythm, connection, connecting with others who can really help you, propel you, challenge your thinking. Um, And third, your self-care. What does your self-compassion, your self-gratitude look like? And Mm. so for me, I truly practice those three pieces because if you feel as though you're not alone and there's a tribe you can go back, your confidence immediately perks up, right? If you feel as though you are really saying and um, putting yourself first, right, in a loving way, Yep. Um, then it then your confidence increases over time. Yeah. And don't get it twisted. I am, I tell people I am brilliant when it comes to, to this body of work. Like so, so there are people who could do that, but this was meant for me. Mm-hmm. And so 
I feel clear that it's not only my passion, but it's my purpose. And so that is where the confidence comes from. And I know I am brought in to interrupt and disrupt patterns. And so you've got to be confident. You can't, right? Like you can't come in like you don't know what you're talking about. Because you have to get up to speed quickly when you are coming in to disrupt an organization or department. So love that's it. just a little bit about yeah where it's from. Uh, I love that. Marla, go ahead, man. Yeah, how how do you evaluate? So, you know, like yeah. if they send me to being military, they send me somewhere and they say, Hey, this is what's going on, just the same way, like how you're saying this unit is not operating efficiently. We want you to go in and and change it up. Of course, you know, um, I a hundred percent agree with you that the top sets the climate. Right. Yeah. Top person sets the climate. And then from there, I can um, base my analysis on how that person is um, interacting with their subordinates and what kind of leadership style they have. We can know that. But how long does it take you to or what time frame do you give yourself to actually analyze, sit back, look at that um, that organization and then make your assessment from there so that you can come up with a good hypothesis or a good um, understanding of why that problem is um, is there. Yeah, so I usually, I in an ideal state, which I don't ever get this long sometimes, um, 90 days, three months, and I look at three things, P- PPT, people, process, technology, Correct. PPT. So I'm looking at your people first, right? Um, like you said, from your leadership evaluation to how employees working, what what is the, because sometimes there are toxic work environments, but then there are high performing teams because they have built their own department culture, right? Mm. And so then there is the process. How are you supporting the employees? What is the process like? Do we have 20 people doing so many manual things because we haven't been able to communicate to each of the departments to get this one process right, right? And a lot of the times the employees have good ideas and feedback about how it could change, right? Um, And then the technology, how is the technology supporting it? So usually, Marlon, I like 90 days. I like 90 days. I'm an introvert at heart. So this is where the introverted behavior comes because I like to look at behavior, right? I like to make sure that I'm coming in at all different shift times to see, coming in and seeing what it looks like on the weekend, right? Um, I like the time to understand some of the processes and the technology. And even if I can't deep dive, I need to, I want to sit, and I have done this in all my sit with the receptionist to see what is her experience, right? Mm. How is she entering the information if she is the front person for that organization? So I usually like about 90 days to truly do a full assessment and then to give some potential recommendations. And I have to admit, I spend time developing the HR department. I really, I change how we do the work. I really believe that we are teachers and educators, and that's how we should be coming in when we support HR. And a lot of the times, employees, 
People don't want to go to HR because they're saying, no, you can't do it that way. You didn't get the form in on the fifth. So we can't help me. We can't, we can't. No, we are educators. Let me let me show you and teach you how to use and understand your retirement state. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, let me make sure that you understand what actually happens when it comes to the policies. Are you clear on the employee handbook and policies? Right. Because sometimes in HR, we write things that only we understand. And people yeah. are like, what is this saying? Yeah. Tell me the summary points. Gratification um, or not, right? Yes. So that is really how uh, I, I could get excited about this topic. But yep. that's my approach. Okay. And then once you've assessed and you put that plan in, pla- plan in place, do you d- give it another 90 days to see? if the plan is effective and then you adjust yeah. fire from there or how, how, how do you handle oh, that situation? So it, it, it could, it depends. I know I give the MBA answer. It depends because some things may be so egregious that you have to make some people action plans sooner. Okay. okay? And some things you may want to give some time because maybe the person or the leaders have never been told. Right. And so usually with my sort of recommendations is a change management communication plan. Mm. For example, what is the group and the employee focus group that I need to go to to sell it? Where are the key managers that I need to speak to as well to get their input? And then also, of course, the final buy-in from the executive team. And if there are any sort of external stakeholders as well that could be impacted. Because sometimes if your change is significant enough, you really need to make sure that key external stakeholders are part of it. So I usually have a full kind of change management plan based on the rhythm of the organization, right, Um, as well. And some things are in phases. Now, of course, depends. Sometimes you have to really manage expectations because maybe the executive team wants a change to happen faster than the culture or the employees are able to handle. And so you really have to do the delicate balance of managing expectations and keeping people um, pretty much um, well aware of the steps. But in terms of kind of as another point where you're saying, yes, at six months, it's a good time to check how are we doing, what needs to change, what in our change management didn't work. And I always say to a lot of leaders, the mistake they make is not talking to the influencers. Mm, and the yes. influencers are people who have informal influence of the employees. They may not have a title, but they are the ones who will say, Ms. Jones, I have a question. I'm not speaking for everyone. I want her to be, or he, or he she, to be my best friend. When they say they're not speaking for the organization or the department, I'm like, okay, you have some influence. Because if you're, if you, so that's the person I have on my calendar on a monthly basis checking in because it's important to know that voice. And a lot of leaders are making decisions in a bubble and they do not know the voice five, seven levels down. Mm -hmm. And that is where the plans fail. 
because the leaders have implemented something and guess what? No one is doing it. And as we saw just in examples of so many companies who said, you're coming back to work right now. Mm. And the employees were like, no, I'm not. Mm. You're going to be back to work. That is a key example of leaders implementing a change and not truly understanding what is important for them to come back to work. Yeah. Yeah, Man, a couple of things I pulled out is that someone actually does read the feedback box. Um, (laughs) The little feedback box I have in the office. Like, hey, put your comments, the things that you want to Comments. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> They're supposed to, yeah, but someone, if anyone implements it. Yeah, <laughs> someone is reading it, which is great. Um, the two things I want to I want to talk about, um, and they can go in totally different directions. So I'm trying to pick which one I want to do. One is uh, shifting, transitioning your roles when you when you knew that it was ready or felt that it was ready for you to transition from one place to another, and then eventually to the entrepreneurial space. The other one is, and we probably say this to the last, is just this whole new work work environment that we're seeing now. As you talk about yeah. the work, hybrid work, what is that doing to the workforce? Um, how is that adding more strain to that human the HR departments as they're trying to figure out policies and things around what that new, um, our new normal um, looks like? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let, 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 let's... Let's go with the transitions first. And I think we can yeah. time in that the new workforce um, model now. But trans- yeah. talk to us about just transitions, right? And and and, and bring it to us in, in a way of, of you know, the, this is the real. How do you know it's time to go? Like, you know, opportunities are always presenting themselves. And as a leader, you know, things are always there in front of you. How do you know just deep down inside? Like it's it's time for you me to know, move somewhere else. I built this to where I can and it's time to go. You know, I would love to say I had this like sexy story of, oh my gosh, I know. Mine was I decided to walk away because I was becoming ill. Mm. I was becoming sick significantly. Mm. And I had to tell my husband. I cannot do it anymore. And you have to understand for your listeners, I was an HR executive at Children's National Hospital, which is one of the top 10 hospitals, not in the US, but in the world. So to walk away because I knew the end was going to be, I was going to be in the hospital. Mm. And that was the strain and stress and burnout and everything else I was under, of course, being healthcare um, and also being in HR during the pandemic, the multi-layered pandemic, but it was also because of a number of issues. And so I walked away just saying, I cannot do this anymore. I did not know what was going to be next. Mm. Now, this has been a 20-year dream for me. And for me, I thought I was going to take a respite period, call my contacts, right? Figure out a next HR opportunity. Mm-hmm. Got very close to the end of another, or um, I remember interviewing for a position 
And I was just like, I can't, can't do it. And so um, I always talk about, you know, um, Ricky and Marla, you've heard me talk about advisory council. I called someone on my advisory council about exploring going out on my own versus, you know, staying um, the track that I thought I would stay in. And he encouraged me to take the lead and help me really get my initial full-time clients. So I really have to say this was a true walk on faith. I am doing this scared, still doing this scared, right? And that's what I feel bravery really is defined as or courage is doing it scared and doing it anyway. Um, And I, so the transition for me was out of necessity. This was truly out of necessity. And so, you know, you hear people starting businesses and they're like, I got to figure it out. That really was my story doing it full time. I was like, I got to figure this out because I cannot go back. Um, So that was truly my story. Now, in terms of when I decided to transition to various jobs, I can admit One of the things I do, my prayer life is on point to really kind of figure out what is next for me. And I've been fortunate that I get calls. Hey, Giselle, Mm -hmm. we have this opportunity over here. This is where, you know, I'm always teaching about performance matters and knowing getting sponsors. Carla Harris talks about sponsors for decades, for three decades, where it's someone who is hiring decision-making authority who can get you hired. And they can be that voice for you when you are not in the room, Mm. right? They help you with the internal politics. And so I've had sponsors along the way that have called me for opportunities. Hey, I have this opportunity over here. Would you consider it? I'm always prayerful about if I would consider that opportunity. And sometimes I've said, no, I'm good where I am. And then there are times where I have said yes, and let's, let's jump into the next new thing. So for me, I've gotten the calls and I also take time to be clear on if it's right for me. Um, And of course, making sure that I, it aligns with what my husband and what we need as a family. And I've been fortunate. I remember one call, I had two opportunities and decided I was going to take this opportunity. It was manufacturing. I'd be traveling to rural parts of America and ended up finding that one, um, said yes to the opportunity, but God called me there. And one of the plants that I'd be traveling to was five minutes away from where my sister lived in the rural part of of central Wisconsin. Mm. Oh, sometimes the opportunity isn't just only for your career, but it's also could be for your personal growth and personal development as well. Yeah. And so it's not always to go higher, but you never know where you are called to for the yeah. right thing that is important for your family, your personal development, or it could be also for your career growth. Hey, you're listening to the Success Journey Show. Just a reminder, follow us on our social media at the Success Journey Show on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Also, you can check us out on our website at thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Enjoy the rest of the show. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Mark. 
Yeah. Um, so you said a you said you said a couple of things there that I wanna I wanna expound upon and also yeah. you know make light of. First thing is um a lot of times when you have all the in society right now, you have these people go to college and because they're paying 250 for their degree by the time they get to their MBA, they feel like when they walk out of the school, everybody needs them. So they walk into an interview with the big head already, and they think that they should just walk into this job and the person should just be like, yeah, you know, we should just hire you because you went to you went to Howard or you went to uh, 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 Maryland University or you went to where, whatever school you went to and you and you got a 4.0. <laughs> they feel like you need to you're magna cum laude. So we just need to hire you. Um, you said something salary. there that said again at a top salary at a top salary. Yeah. Um, and you said something there that a lot of times it's those relationships that having somebody in the room. When they're when you're not able to present your case, that person is actually saying, "Okay, I have influence, and I like person X. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk on their behalf in order to get that job." Second thing is, and I want you to talk about this. You were you said you got sick, so you had to you know you're getting ill. So whatever the situation was, you wanted to you talk to your husband, and you guys said, "Hey, okay, you could take that rest period." But a lot of people are, are not preparing themselves for anything like that. Yeah. So what made, what was your thinking when you and your husband were working? Yeah. What was your thinking to, that said there might be a rainy day? I don't know. Yeah. You know, we, we understand that. But what was your thinking that said that had you, that gave you the ability or the comfortability to say, hey, I can take this much time off in order to assess and um, regroup and get where I need to be. Here is my significant advice to anyone who wants to, to move up the corporate ladder. And especially for those who are choosing the field of HR, you're going to see and have to be in front of things you wish you did not have to be in front of. There are decisions being made. And what I told my husband early in my career, Marlon, was we have to have a fund for at least six months so that if there is an integrity issue, I can say, no, thank you. Mm. Yeah. I will not be a part of that decision. And you have to make your decision and I will make mine. Yeah. Do not go into this HR field and climb the ladder. I will say this. Make sure you have at least six months of salary saved. I know that is hard. I know that is not all affordable for everyone in their journey. But I am telling you, you are going to see things you cannot unsee. You are going to see inequities that you cannot unsee. And you have, there are going to be points where your integrity is going to be tested. And are you ready to say, I will not? Wow. That's and great. that is why I was prepared. That's serious, man. Because I've seen some HR people act in integrity when I was trying to ask for a raise. 
Bring it back to yourself, Ricky. (laughs) No, but I'm glad you said that because a lot of people, um, and I'm going to stretch that even beyond just, you know, HR in the fact of, you know, how do you control? Life in general. Yeah, life. How do you, you know, the decisions that you make, right? You know, a lot of- You really do. And in corporate America, it's just, it just is what it is. The more you climb- Yeah. the, the lonelier it is, yep, yep. the more challenging it is. Yep. And so, you know, as we say in the Caribbean, you got to have your VEX money. Yeah. Where's your VEX money? Your VEX money got to be somewhere where you can walk away. And so many people I know in this field are stuck. I can't walk away, right? But I'm so overwhelmed and stressed that I don't have the time to look for something else. So I always say, sometimes you need the reprieve to just walk away because sometimes many people run away from something and run into something else that is just as toxic. Yeah. Yeah. But, but but Giselle, let me, let let, let me be the advocate. You know, I'm, I have a nice job. I want the nice car. I want the big house, you know, um, Hey, we're going to go out at least two times a week. We're going to do all this stuff. When am I supposed to save? When am yeah. I supposed to save when I, I want to show that I have this stuff that I've yeah. been working hard. When am I yeah. supposed to save? What did you have to sacrifice in order to, 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 to be able to yeah. be able to save that six worth months worth Eight. of salary? Yeah. 18 years. We lived in an 1800 square foot home, town home. We were like, we, and we saw what everyone looked around us, right. As success, you know, you get invited Ricky to the potlucks and um, it's going to be tight in my, (laughs) if it's my turn to host, (laughs) (laughs) y'all going to be standing in room. Okay. It's not, you know, we made a conscious decision. My husband and I drove our cars to the ground like yeah, yeah. We, we were like hey it is holding on yep I was like I, and I were years where he and I just had one car because we realized oh we both worked in DC we can hop on the metro why buy a second car for the weekend so I will sing what people feel as though there were two things one I'm very, very fortunate that my husband and I have the same financial values. Um, So that was really critical and important as well. Um, Shari has this podcast and um, she had Raquel Mack talk about the psychology of, of money. So I feel so sometimes that people are making decisions that they don't even realize that they are making. Um, But I feel clear that when you are rising up the ladder, I tell people, if you get that five or 10% bonus or 10% promotion increase, try living off of what you used to make and just save that difference, right? So if it's a $200, if it's, you know, it's a $50 out of the 200, maybe you could do $50, but save because, as you see, Amazon laying off 9,000 employees, right? When they come in and there's like so much complexity behind these things. But, you know, they will make sure a whole several departments are wiped out. Yeah. And so 
I just cannot say enough. You know, thank you, Marlon, which is for us, we, we, we lived, even when our salaries were climbing, we lived frugally. Now we did enjoy travel. So we were in that 1800, but that was the thing. That was what we decided that where we would splurge, mm -hmm. but we would stay in a smaller home and save our money because a rainy day, you never know when it's coming. And so many people now, you have um, multi-generational homes. So, you know, people are having to move back when they when they have these major financial decisions happen yes. as a layoff, they got to move back home. And so I can tell people, as you climb up, try as much to save because the rainy day is going to happen. And it's sickly, I always see every couple of years. Yeah. I've been doing this game every couple of years. It's mass layoffs. Then there is a reset. There's a disruption, right? Like you see, there's no longer the Sears anymore. And some of these stores anymore, there's a disruption. Bath and Body Works. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Not bath and Body Works, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond. Bed Bath and Beyond, closing all their stores, right? So after a while, now it's artificial intelligence. And, mm -hmm. you know, people are saying, look, it's not only the people who people think that the people who are going to be impacted are those who make six figure incomes with AI, right? Not what people actually think. So there's so much disruption in the market that you cannot. It is not wise to live beyond your means. Listen, yes, yes. everybody, we got it. We got to. So we're not just talking to somebody that is just bringing from her own opinion, right? If everyone knows what the HR team does, they negotiate uh, salaries, right? They're sending the letters when wages are getting garnished. Yes. Right? Signing those. Yes. Don't ask me how I know that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah. they, they are. The chief you're the yeah. chief. I'm also the chief negotiator with the union. Yes, with the union, union contract. Exactly. Right. So she she she's talking to the executives yep. right, about decisions and that need to be made, areas that need to be cut. How is this going to impact the the culture? How's it going to impact our bottom line? How's it all that kind of stuff? They make the decision and say, "Our right, HR, you guys go execute it." Right. So you know, so if someone's telling you here, like, "Listen, guys, pause, save." Put some money away, right? Put a little bit aside. You don't know what's going to happen. So I was listening to. Uh, I'm glad you said this because I was trying to figure out a way to kind of bring bring this up, and I didn't know how it was going to come up. But I was listening to a podcast this morning, and um, not the Success Journey Show. You listen to a podcast? Not yeah, the no, 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 no. I don't listen to ours. Why well, don't listen to ours for? We are we already talked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to our podcast, guys. I. I Every once in a while, I go back and listen, but most of the time, I listen to other podcasts to uh, get inspiration. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I got to give these tips to Marlon on how you'd be a better podcaster. So, but, uh, <laughs> um, they were talking about, as uh, Giselle started talking about the layoffs, and they went through a list of tons of companies that are doing layoffs, right? And with all that, someone said, like, as the layoffs were happening, the stock prices for these companies were increasing. 
And they made they made the correlation to say, well, let's put yourself in a situation where for years you had your children um, in your home. And then all of a sudden your kids are gone. They're not under your insurance anymore. You're not paying for school anymore. All of a sudden you have cash, right? You have influx of cash in your, and that is not being allocated anywhere. Mm-hmm. And when when they see that as a value in your in your company, it automatically increases the value, the stock options for your company. Because now, oh, now you have uh, uh, operational cash and things of that nature. So when these companies are making these decisions and say, hey, we're going to let 10% of our, of our organization go, right? Not, not only are they reducing the expense on them, the overhead expense on them, Correct. right? They're also increasing on the other end of anyone that's invested in the company, any stock options they have, those also are increased as well. So they're winning all the way around by letting people go. And you are, are sitting at home now, like, okay, um, let me go find my next job to uh, try to get employed by. Right. Look, I feel like we can end the call right there. Drop the mic. Yeah. Ricky. So smart because when the stock option prices go up, what happens to those bonus checks? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. So the the fact is when I took so one save and second have a side hustle. Yeah. You have Upwork, Fiverr, you have freelancer.com. Yeah. If you're a graphic designer, I need to know that your stuff is on you know, fiber as well. Get those side hustles. Yeah. You know, I know my husband has always talked to the boys like, okay, you have to have more than one skill, right? Yeah. Not just corporate America, but maybe you, you need to know how to be an engineer or maybe you need to know how to cut here, right? Like have yeah. multiple yes. skill sets Yes. to yeah. be able so that if you don't have the cash, you can at least say, that's all right. Well, let me see. If I could take more hours for this particular client that I've been working with, right? So I always say, find a find a side hustle um, as well based on the skills and the things you currently do. Yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So now... So now you 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 we 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 saved up your back healthy. You say you're gonna um I, I, a I've made an impact in the in this industry. So HR, I know I'm gonna get a job. Uh, I man, I have so many offers, babe. I'm ready to go back to work. And you get in that interview and you say, oh, you know this just ain't it, this right? Just ain't it. This yeah. just ain't it. But now you say, you know what, babe? I'm gonna open my own company. You know, I did HR, so I understand how the how business work. Was it that? How was that part of the transition? Yeah. How was so, that part of the transition? Well, that I'll tell you, husband, extremely supportive. Like I'm one of those who got someone who is right for me, who will challenge me, who was like, "Let's go, let's do it." Because if you go, if he is like. You will always delay because I was like, "No, I'll just do it on the side." He's like, "Yes," and that's why you haven't fully done it. Mm-hmm. He was like, when I met you, which is so true, he reminded me that when we were dating, I was clear that this is what I wanted to do. He was like, this was always where you wanted to be. And we have 
the savings aside so that you can take a chance on your dream. So I'll say that one. Two is I gave him a plan. Like, hey, if I am not um, meeting at least these minimum um, revenue goals at a particular time for 18 months, I will ensure that I go back to work. So we also Mm. talked about plan B, which is I know that at the end of the day, I'm not one of those empty nesters, right? My boys are going to want to do something additional. So we talked about, all right, here's the business plan. Here are who the clients I currently have. Here are the bills that we currently have. And here's what I know as plan B. Um, as well. Will I work part-time? Am I going, you know, would I, would I do this work part-time, go full-time or do two part-time work? So we talked and explored the timeline very specifically, very specifically about what the plan was. And once we came into agreement, I was like, okay, the only thing now I have to do is leap. Do it. Um, and so that was how um, that conversation was. And of course, prayer as well and support of my family. I will say my parents, my in-laws and my siblings have been that support also helped propel me who is risk averse. Like if you want to say risk averse, my picture is at 100 right? <laughs> who is doing who jumped out of there to say, let's go. Let's go and try something. So for me, I'm still learning being an entrepreneur. You know, I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still making some mistakes. And I, I don't even look at it as mistakes, but I am I'm hitting some walls and figuring out how to do it differently. Uh, I love it. Talk about um, individuals that you maybe do a lot of you do a lot of reading. Um, um, yeah, mentors in the space. You're lower now, Rick. Uh, whether it's HR, sorry, I moved away from my mic. Uh, having mentors in the space, whether it's for the HR area or now in a, stepping into entrepreneurial uh, role um, or realm, I should say. Hey, t- tell us some books that you read and things of that nature. Uh, yeah, so I right recently I've been reading, um, listening to. I've yeah. been listening to because when I go out for my walks, I listen to book. Um, 5,000 weeks, I think it's a 4,000 weeks, um, where this book is about how really as a human, if we're looking at the average age, we really have 4,000 weeks and how are you spending this time? And the idea of how we look at productivity and time really needs to understand that it is definitive. So I'm reading this really interesting book because at first I was like, okay, I want to make sure I'm being really productive and making sure I'm crossing my eyes. And it was really talking about spending the time on things that matter the most. And for me, being an entrepreneur is important, but my family matters the most, right? And how do I ensure that that is is still the central theme um, as well? So of course, um, I love Michelle Obama's book on becoming Um, That is one of, I just truly enjoyed that book. And there are many sort of leadership books also. I'm actually reading Bishop T.D. Jakes. He has a book, my book, um, the name of my business is Soar. 
Um, and he has a book, yeah. book that talks about soar and the soaring process. And it's really a leadership and spiritual book um, as well. Those are sort of the top three, but I will always recommend. So I will, I'll give you um, your readers a little cheat sheet, which is sometimes it may be a lot to be able to listen or read a book or podcast is this great app called Blinkist. Um, which kind of gives you the summary of some great books that you can that you can read. I tell people when you're looking at leadership roles, there are so many leadership books that are out there, but it's important. The three roles that are important is your wellness coach, your mentor, and your sponsor. Hmm. Get people who can truly help you on this journey, who can challenge your thinking, who can make you see things differently who will truly be supportive of your dreams and you being your authentic self. So in addition to great books, in addition to the Success Journey podcast and several other podcasts that there are there on leadership, um, I listened to one uh, another podcast called Future of Work. Um, I truly recommend the tribe. The people are really critical to your journey of whatever that success looks like. Mm-hmm. You know, you talked about um, productivity, right? Mm. And I'm very, I don't, I don't want to, people, I don't want to sound like the negative Nancy, right? But I'm going to tell you, I like, I like people reading. I do. Mm. I love people listening. You know, you have people that will hear that, hey, you know, if you wake up before four o'clock, every entrepreneur wake up before four o'clock. So all they do is just wake up before four o'clock. Right? Not me. <laughs> Not me. Right? All they do is just wake up and they're like, okay, I'm up. <laughs> right? Or or they'll read the book and the book says, you know, do X, Y, Z. Because in that 40, in, in that 4,000, week of yeah, your life means. it's probably telling you some of the things you need to implement or some uh, yes. how do you see yourself being yes. um productive a lot of people what i've found is that they like to just live in a uh or some people just read and they'll take in the information but the action portion is where they're having the the biggest problem how with productivity what is your measure just like i know you that the great that you had um, an accountability partner in your husband that yes. he said, Hey, I'm going to hold your foot to the fire that if yeah. at 18 months, if this yeah. doesn't happen, this is how we're going to enact plan B and we're going to keep this household going. Now, how do you, with productivity, what measures do you use? How do you gauge to say, okay, this is what I need to be doing. Here's how I implement this. What, 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 what do you use with, um, when it comes to productivity? Yeah, so a couple what so there are a couple of things. One is I have a wonderful virtual assistant. We use Asana as our project management tool. So we use that to keep on top of all of our projects, everything that needs to be done. The second thing that I do is I tell any entrepreneur, look, I was um talking to uh, my mentor and um Milton Hall, and he was sharing with me that he said 50%, 50% of small business or entrepreneurs fail after eight years, not just where people think it's a capital issue, it's a cash flow issue, but it's, it is the lack of management of the administrative pieces. 
Mm-hmm. Right. The invoicing, all of those other pieces that actually happens with that you have to do as a solo entrepreneur. So I also have quarterly goals that I do and I track to see where I am. Right. Like, hey, you're supposed to have X amount in new clients here assessing. And then I also assess were, were those the type of clients I want to continue or the type of work that I want to continue doing, right? Yeah. So taking, so I think that for when it comes to measuring productivity, I will always say, I will always be pro taking care of your health, right? So having a movement regimen, right? Watching the foods that you eat, because that I know when I'm stressed out and I eat all bread, I'm sluggish. That's just point I'm sleeping I want to sleep by one o'clock, right? So I think those things are also the wellness pieces are important, but use project management tools. I think that are really helpful. I use Asana, there's Trello, there's project uh, Microsoft project management. And then the third piece is you've got to track it. How are you measuring what success looks like? And what are those metrics? And I always have one each quarter, I have one stretch goal. So it is the North Star that I'm always trying to get to. And I'm not hard on myself if I don't get the North Star, but is what am I doing to get there? Um, And tell someone. You got to share, right, with someone. These are the goals. This is what you're trying to accomplish. So they can either give input, share information, and help you through that journey. Do not do it alone. Because the thing is, especially as a solo entrepreneur, the fact is when you share it, it, it just immediately help you get someone who will hold you accountable for those goals. So those are some of the tools and metrics, but you have to measure it. Don't, don't go into this without measuring it, without figuring out what your time, for example, um, Fridays is my administrative day. Fridays is the day that I like to make sure I do invoicing and all of my sort of administrative tasks. It doesn't always happen, but I I set aside on my calendar these three hours on a Friday to make sure that I am getting the the other essential part of the business done. Mm. Yeah. You have to be intentional, right? Yes. Success does not come by just absolutely, I can't even speak right now, um, just doing stuff, right? You have, yeah. you're you saying you got to track it. You have to, I can't just pick, and where Marlon was going, I can't just pick up a book and just read it and say, oh, that was a great book. Like, yeah, okay, it was a great book. Um, what, what, what are you applying from this, right? What are you applying? Yes. You apply, and it doesn't have to be a list of things, guys. It could be one thing. It could be one, it could be a, a book you read from cover to cover and just be one thing. That right. you, That's exactly what, right. What I'm gonna be, this is how I'm gonna be different from this one thing from the, from this book that I took. And mm-hmm. um, being intentional about, you know, just your next steps in life. And yes. I, I, I wanna uh, bring up this last thing here uh, because you actually had a session coming up on the 25th, yeah. how to recession proof. Yes. Um, why, why don't you talk a little bit ab- about that um, little blurb as to what people can expect yeah. from that workshop that you'll be uh, presenting? 
Yeah, so April 25th at noon, having, um, I always call it my Tuesday tea chat, but we're having, um, I'm always loving having a guest as well. So Milton Hall, my mentor, he's CEO, he owns his own recruiting firm for over 20 years where he hires C-suite executives and HR leaders. And the session is going to be how to recession-proof your career. And the fact is, is the reason why I'm so um, excited about this um, and offering it for free. Um, so you can always check my website, which Success Journey helped me reimagine, um, soarenterprise.com that has the details. So I truly want to get information in the hand of people. And as an HR executive, what I saw was a lot of the times the information is at the top and those, and then it doesn't come down. So we're giving you not just do your resume kind of tips, but we're giving you concrete plans in terms of recession proofing your career and in terms of how you truly, your personal brand and all of that, how that truly matters. Because a lot of the times, Ricky and Marlon, what I tell people when I'm coaching them is what is truly your North Star? Because if you're jumping from job to job and there's no strategy about where you're trying to land, I don't know who will know how to help you. But a lot of the times you've got to know where you're going and then work backwards in terms of your career strategy. I made very strategic moves because I knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. So I joined associations of entrepreneur years in advance, right? I was in business leaders years before I became an HR executive. I decided to be very strategic about the rooms who I would associate with, and what I would do within my career internally and externally. So we want to make sure people are armed with good information mm -hmm. as they are considering whatever that career transition or entrepreneurship transition is for themselves. Really excited. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. Man. Well, Giselle, uh, and I know you mentioned it a couple of times in your, your website, but you know, as we're coming to the close here, can you just give a plug as to where they can find all your information, social media, things of that nature? Um, want to make sure that anyone can reach out to you if they have any more um, questions. Yes. So excited. My website is www.soarenterprise.com. So no S, soarenterprise.com. You can also follow me on Facebook. Um, it is Soar Enterprise. You can follow me on Facebook and on Instagram. I am Soar Enterprise, one word, on Instagram. Any of those handlers, and if you are on LinkedIn and that's your preference, you can find me, Giselle Jones, on LinkedIn, and you will see CEO of Soar Consulting Services, so you know you are with the right Giselle Jones um, and someone with red hair. So you know you're with the right, connected to the right person. But if that, just go on my website and make and have a free conversation with me. I love, this is my passion. This is my purpose. And I always tell everyone, my intention is for you to win, thrive, and soar. Love it, love it. Yes, We're gonna yes, close yes. On that. Win, thrive, and soar. Marley, you're going to say something? 
Yeah, no, no, no. I was saying it was um it was lovely having you for me. Um, oh, so myself. thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I like I like to talk to entrepreneurs or somebody that's was in the working environment and going to entrepreneur. There's so many other questions we could have asked, like such like what what's the difference between entrepreneur and working? How 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 is entrepreneur different in um uh, uh, um theoretically versus practical? But um we want to save that for your uh noon your 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 noon talks that you that, that, yes 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 so they'll they'll have something to say man we need we need to know a little bit more about uh Giselle it was great yes. having you and uh you know I, I think I, I think I might get some green here green black and gold to represent Jamaica <laughs> I'm wearing your colors though do you see yeah 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 in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got a little something in there. I, got a little something to reference. Once, yeah. once, once you hook me up with some roti, you know, we, we can... Oh, then we're friends for life. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Love Great. It. Love it. We're travelers. We want to thank you again for hanging out with us uh, for this episode. Uh, Giselle, we want to thank you again for being a phenomenal guest uh, on our show today. Uh, it wouldn't have been as great without you. Uh, they would have had to listen to me and Marlon all, all night talking. But I um, just want to thank you so much. Uh, wish you all the best in your endeavors uh, as you're thank growing. You. Um, please thank go and you. check her out, uh, guys, at uh, soarenterprises.com. Um, I think we I think we did a little help on that on that site. We did. I, I, I said it. I said we success journey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, should pro- we, we don't have a plug that um, to, for the listeners out there that don't know. Um, Ricky and I, we have a development company that we develop. Uh, we not, we not, we will refit your, your, your current website. We can build it also from scratch. And we also do development when it comes to app building or any other of those kind of CRM um, platforms or anything for you. So we're able to do a lot of things when it comes to development. We're a Lithnia thing, just not in the technological field, also in the, if you have a, a, a invention and you want to bring it to market, we also help out with that too. So um, yeah. hit Talk, us up. Talking about having your, uh, your side hustles, as Giselle says. <laughs> have your side hustles, <laughs> y'all. Have it, have it ready. You, know? you need a plane built? I got <laughs> you. Do you need a car built? I got you. you. Got it. Are you willing to move a mountain? I can you got that. it. <laughs> oh man, we're, we're travelers, man. That's it, man. We'll let you guys go. Thank you so much for joining us again for another episode of the Success Journey Show. We'll see you guys next week at the same time, the same place. Everyone have a good one. Peace. All right. One love. You've been listening to the Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination.